0: You are listening to The Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team.
1: Welcome into The Hodges Huddle podcast. I am your host today, Patricia Caputo. Joining me is Jaden Smith and Nathan Messina. How are you both doing today? Doing
2: all right. Uh, Yeah, I'm good. I'm good.
1: Good, good. LSU fans are probably doing well too, especially if you're a women's basketball fan, as they finished the season 27 and 1. They tied for the best record ever in LSU women's basketball. They defeated Mississippi State on Sunday 74 to 59. The Bulldogs as a result fall to 20 and 9 on the season. Let's talk a little bit about that game before we jump into the SEC Tournament. That team Once again, Angel Reese hits a double-double. She has 26 rebounds, 23 points, plays 38 minutes, and you even have someone like Alexis Morris, the senior. She caps it off with 23 points in the regular season. But a concern for this team in that game was that they did not hit a single three. In fact, I would say almost the closest they got to hitting a three was Alexis Morris at the end of the third quarter when she hit farther than a half-court shot. But unfortunately, it wasn't a buzzer beater and it did not count. But how, how much of a concern is that, Jaden? If you're looking at the scene, they're going in the playoffs, and there's a big possibility that eventually they will have to face a team like South Carolina, and this team played Mississippi State and did not make a single three-point shot.
2: Uh, for me, that's a big concern. Because one thing that I notice about every team that the girls have played, they all pretty much can shoot. And uh, a lot of times that's going to be the difference whether you win games or lose them, you're shooting. That's a big part of the game today. So uh, I think that's a big concern.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's not as big. It's just kind of like a minor thing for me because whatever it takes to pull out the win, you know, whether it's taking threes or not. It's like just – it's slightly concerning, sure, something to look out for. But I don't think Mulkey is the kind of coach who will let that kind of thing go, mm-hmm. like, unnoticed. Right. She's going to whip him into shape in practice.
1: Definitely, because Kim Mulkey said that after the press conference. She said, I'm surprised that we did not hit at least one three. There's been games yeah. where – you're a little off, you don't hit the threes, but not to hit one. And in a sense, you could say that's kind of impressive that yeah. they were able to not just beat a team by three points, like they went out and actually really defeated Mississippi State and did not hit a single three. And yeah. they, made, they tried 14 of them and didn't make a single one. <laughs> Quite impressive, but on the other hand, Mississippi State only shot 33% of their threes. I wouldn't see that in a team like South Carolina. When you have to go out, that's your only loss of the season. You might possibly have to play them later in the season. So I agree with what you said, Nathan. Kim Wolke should be able to pull this together. They're going to have to pull this together. Now let's speak on awards. Angel Reese, you know the phenomenal season she's had after transferring from Maryland this offseason. She won first-team All-SEC and All-Defensive Player, but she did not win Player of the Year. That was granted to South Carolina's Aliyah Boston. Nathan was running our social media this week. He put a post up saying, should Angel Reese have won? And the last time I checked, 71% of our followers or people who saw the post said yes. 29% said no. Nathan, what are your thoughts? Should Angel Reese have won?
0: Yeah, I don't... This When I saw the awards come out, I was heated. Like, I don't understand how you can look at her stats. Okay, she led the SEC in points and rebounds. Just start off with that. I mean, that should... That's pretty award-winning right there. Then uh, named SEC player uh, of the week seven times. <laughs> averaged 23.7 points, 16 rebounds, and 2.7 assists per game. And Aaliyah Boston averaged 13.3 points, 9.7 rebounds, and 1.8 assists a game. It's just the numbers like aren't even mm-hmm. comparable. I don't right. understand how they made this decision. I don't know if it's bias, if it's like just best player on best team type of scenario, but... I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to
1: me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it was just super easy for them to give it to the best player on the best team, as he said. But uh, I agree with Nathan. I think Angel was blatantly robbed. I mean, she averaged 23 and 16, and Aliyah averaged 13 and 10. I mean, those are the numbers of a role player, not mm-hmm. a player of the year. And again, Angel Reese was uh, player of the week seven times. I don't see how somebody can get that seven times and not get the player of the year award. Exactly. So that just. That just doesn't add up to me. It just doesn't make any sense.
0: And it's not I don't wanna like draw away from Aliyah Boston. She's she's a fantastic Mm -hmm. player. But you have to look at the numbers here, Mm -hmm. it's just not even close. Yeah.
1: And like what you said, it's not like Aaliyah Boston isn't a leader, but if you also look at Angel Reese, if you're not going off of just strictly stats, because apparently that's not what they did, then look at the leadership role that she's provided on this court in her first season here at LSU, and she comes in, this is a completely new lineup, or completely new roster for Kim Mulkey and the Tigers, and she comes in, she's the leader, she's not afraid, she knows that she has to step up and exactly does that, where again, not taking away from Aaliyah Boston... But she's been there, yeah, right? And she
2: actually regressed from last year. Her numbers were better last year than they were this year.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like this, like she's not coming. I, to me, Angel Reese's story is more exciting. Yeah. And yeah. the numbers show it as well, that she's proven that she can play here in the SEC. Let's move on to other things that might not really matter. Because according to Kim Mulkey, the SEC tournament does not matter. And in terms that she just said, sometimes it affects the way people play. Kim Mulkey has said the only goal for the Tigers is to win one more than they did last season. And last year, they just won one. Jaden, this tournament, how much weight are you putting on it? The Tigers have the possibility to either play Auburn or Georgia. This podcast is being filmed on Thursday, March 2nd, so we'll find out later on. But how much weight are you putting on this for the LSU Tigers? Um,
2: I'm not going to put too much weight on it just because it's not the NCAA tournament itself. But I do feel like this is kind of like a test run for them to see, uh, you know, what the tournament games are going to be like. So I definitely don't think you should go out there if you're a player and just Figuring, oh, this doesn't matter. I'm not going to, you know, play my hardest. You should treat it just like every other game and, you know, try to win it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that a lot. I mean, Coach Mulkey's Coach Mulkey. She knows more <laughs> than I do. But just from what I know, I just don't totally agree with her just coming out and saying it doesn't matter, like, at all. I mean, games matter, yeah. It's especially the SEC tournament. You want to win the SEC tournament. Like, that's something that Yeah, that, that, that you means sh- something. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not just some meaningless thing. Um, like he, like Jaden said or prepare you for the NCAA tournament it plays into seeding a little bit too it's just I don't know it's a bigger deal than I think she made it out to be it's not like massive or anything but you should play to win
1: and I think that's why she doesn't like it because it determines seeding yeah. because you can go that's on true. you can have this great regular season and it reminds me a lot of like the SEC championships right okay if right. LSU yeah. went on to play Georgia Georgia could've potentially been knocked out of the playoffs. Right. Like Vice versa, just like if LSU had beaten Texas A&M, they lost to Georgia, there would be no hope of them getting the playoffs. And all of a sudden all that drops when you play in an SEC tournament. So I agree with the more practice because those three-point shots, we'll talk about them again, that's something to work on in this tournament where technically it doesn't really matter if you're looking at it from like, it's, You're either way, you're going to March Madness, right? right? You're, right. Going playoffs, you're going to the playoffs, you're gonna play in tournaments that are, in my opinion, a little bigger than this SEC tournament. But what Kim Mulkey said is that if this wasn't bringing in money, this would not happen, and that's what it comes down I to. I mean,
2: I'm sure there's some truth in that. I mean, but, I mean, you know, there's there's pros and cons to everything, you know. Mm-hmm. But I definitely uh, d- agree with her on that. I'm sure it's about money. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, you want to have a conference champion. Like, that's kind of a staple in, like, college sports. I feel like that's kind of a like, just important thing to have. And I, I think it's fair that it determines seating a little bit. I mean, let's say you have, like, if LSU wins the SEC tournament – do you think they, get, they should probably get bumped up to a one seed, right? I feel like being the SEC champions is kind of uh, a fair bump up for that.
1: And I think that's also Kim Mulkey's problem because she's saying that that won't happen. She's like no matter what we do, she thinks, she's like, I don't know how it all works, I don't know how people decide, kind of like what happened with Angel Reese, she said, but every time I look at it, that no matter what we do in this tournament, we're not moving up, and South Carolina is not moving down, yeah. and I think yeah. that's her biggest issue with it, because it also puts more stress on your body, you're going out there, you have to travel to Greenville, and that's something you possibly might have to do later on, once again, when the tournament begins, so it's definitely up for debate, I like the question, I think it it depends how each team looks on it. Yes, you can go out there, you can improve, but also it can put stress in your body, stress on traveling, the same time they're students, right, also. Moving on, let's talk about the men's basketball team. They've played their final game of the season against Mizzou. Mizzou defeated LSU in the PMAC on senior night, 81-76. to 76. Andre Champagne, who works with us, said on the Sunday podcast that he expected the ghost of Pete Meritage yeah. to come out <laughs> in the PMAC, and he did kind of for yeah, the beginning. Like right,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> but then it just seemed to have... An uphill he battle. Left for at halftime. Yeah. yeah, left at halftime. So, Jaden, what did you see from this team, offensively and defensively, as uh, they wrap up the season? I saw
2: something I should have been seeing the entire season. Uh, I saw the ball going in the hoop more than it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just seemed to have like a different, a different spark to them tonight. I don't know if it's because their last home game, so it meant more to them or something, but it just seemed like they wanted to win more than they usually do. So they just played a lot better,
0: you know. I'd agree with you if you're talking about the first half only. Yeah. First half, they looked amazing. I was like, "Where has this team been all year?" Um, after that, you come out of halftime. The energy was just gone. Yeah. I'm like, like what just happened? They just like they flipped the switch. They looked awful. Yeah, I, mean, I think
2: they caught a timeout within like 40 seconds. Of mm-hmm. the second I mean,
0: half. you le- you were leading by like 20 at one point in that game. You're leading them by 13 going into the half. There, you shouldn't be losing that game.
1: And part of that was K.J. Williams. He was on fire in the first half. Yeah. And then just seeing the second half, just the flame went out. It was crazy. They weren't falling. And, uh, yeah, it was it was difficult for that team because you were hoping that they cap off the season with a win, especially against Mizzou, who's 22-8 and eight on the season. LSU has won 13 games. They've won one this year, yeah. to be exact, in 2023. <laughs> so you're, you're hoping to get that win because you had the opportunity and then it just seemed that the fight ran out in this team like it so often seems to do. Yeah,
0: it's not the first time we've seen that. Mm -hmm. This has been happening all year. In my opinion, this was the worst one. It's Mm -hmm. senior night, Last game of the season at home, Yeah, just go out and win it, especially when you're leading by that much. There's just another collapse that we've seen them do
1: all year. But credit to where credit is due. Parker Edwards, six minutes, six points. I yes. mean, <laughs> last season was exciting because it got to a point where you're beating by t- teams by so much that the fans were chanting, put Parker in, put Parker Edwards in. And I remember being like, who is Parker Edwards? <laughs> and everyone told me his success story. So it was at least a good moment to honor him, for him to go out there and get his six points which was part of that amazing first half that the LSU Tigers had. But if you're speaking in terms of next season, now that the season's pretty much wrapped up, KJ Williams is graduating, Parker Edwards will be leaving, but on top of everybody else, how different does this team look next season, Jaden?
2: It's kinda hard to see right now. Uh, I think a lot of us are expecting most of these guys to transfer out anyway. Mm But uh, I'm sure they'll get some new guys coming in. Uh, I really like Tyrell Ward. I think he's going to be a really good guard. He's 6'6", plays at one. So he has great size. But uh, I think they're going to be better than they are uh, this year for sure because I don't see how you can have a year this bad and not improve from it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll see. (laughs) I had in my notes, by the grace of God, drastically different Mm -hmm. because, I mean, you just can't have a repeat of what happened this year. And I think if you do, Scotty Wilbur is going to – yeah, tell uh, <laughs> mcmahon bye-bye
1: i think oh i think matt mcmahon isn't going anywhere am i, I really? Think really they're waiting for those sanctions the, the yeah. team's gonna get suspended yeah. that's what makes it so difficult because if you're kj williams okay you're a senior you're gonna come it's your coach no problem but how are you going to ask a kid from high school who's starting out his career to come to lsu who's probably going to get suspended and could, might possibly not make it to a tournament for the next five years It could possibly be that drastic. You don't know. And that's why in Matt McMahon's contract, they signed him an extra year saying, you'll get this much money. You'll be able to stay an extra year if the team gets suspended. And it's like, you're just waiting. And that makes it 10 times harder for someone to come out and to recruit. Everyone's saying, oh, look, you got John Morant. Okay, that's great. But now he has to find a starting five who can play. And you have to try to persuade some kid in the transfer portal or some high school student to come over to play at LSU when... NIL deals could be scarce, because if you're not having a good season, yeah. and also your whole career could be ruined if because you're not making it to a tournament, because you're not allowed to make it to a tournament, no matter how good you are. So time will tell, you'll just have to see, but it seems to be that this is almost what you expected from the first year, just because the struggles that this team lost everybody, Kim Mulkey's not the head coach, safe to say, and the sanctions, of course, waiting for this team. But moving on, let's talk about LSU baseball. They seem to have gotten a little bit off track after that loss to Iowa, but bounced right back. They headed to Austin. They played Texas, defeated them 3 to nothing. But once again, it seemed that those bats were not moving early on. Nathan, this team, just starting off slow offensively, does it become a problem for the remainder of the season?
0: I don't know. It doesn't worry me just yet. I mean, I feel like we don't have a big enough sample size to for it to worry me that bad. Um... That game against Sam Houston was very promising. The mm-hmm. yeah, bats were flying in that one. Um, I don't want to make re- any real judgments as far as the offense off the the Texas game because that was one of those just like classic like pitchers duels, and it's yes. just like there's not a whole lot you can do there. You just you swing and hope it right. it makes contact. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I'm not too worried about it yet, but time will tell.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, this is the number one team in the nation, and. At the end of the day, I'm going to trust them to just do what they know how to do. Uh, so I'm not going to worry too much about it. And I feel like if it does become a problem, I feel like they're experienced enough and good enough to capitalize mm-hmm. and fix it.
1: Right, and part of that was Gavin Dugas in the ninth inning hitting that three-run home run. You're like, oh, my gosh, there it is. That's finally what this team needed. And it came at the perfect time and the perfect player, right? It wasn't Trey Morgan, some superstar, or Dylan Cruz. That's what makes this team so good, that anybody can step up at the plate at any time and make the – game-winning home run like Dugas did in that moment but you also have to talk about the difficulty that this Mm -hmm. team faced because you're bringing guys in right you have kids coming in from the transfer portal you have guys it's their first year here and then the team goes to travel and they're kind of their first away game of the year and they go out to Texas they play a three game stretch during the weekend and then they stay in Texas they go to Austin to go play the University of Texas so how hard is that on your body if you're an athlete Jaden having to stay somewhere in a different state for a week?
2: Uh, I'm sure that's very hard. One time I was in high school, and we had to play two games within, like, two hours, and that just felt mm-hmm. so weird. just felt like that wasn't supposed to happen. So I can only imagine doing what they had to do. So I feel like that would be tough for anybody, and for them to pull out the win, is just that much more impressive.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's pretty rough, If I had to guess. Um, spending that much time away from home will kind of wear anybody down. Um, and it's another part of why I, I was saying I don't want to ju- make too many judgments based off that Texas game. Yeah. These guys have mm-hmm. been in Texas for over a week now. Um, I'm sure they're gassed. Just give them a little break.
1: Well, the baseball team is coming back home to Baton Rouge to take on Butler on Friday at 6.30 p.m. And then they'll play Central Connecticut on Saturday at 1.30. And then once again, Central Connecticut on Sunday at one o'clock and then they'll also play a Monday game too. Butler once again at 6 30 p.m. What are your expectations Nathan for this team as they go into this four game stretch
0: three and one at the worst I feel like you gotta at least win three of them um I mean they're not exactly like crazy stellar teams like big programs that are mm-hmm. coming in it should be pretty easy work for Jay Johnson.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh and then on top of that they're at home, so I'm expecting mm-hmm. them to make a big statement and show why they're LSU. So I'm expecting this them to go for it now. I don't expect them to lose any games.
1: Right. And even if you're not playing those big SEC teams, once again, you have a long stretch here cuz you've played four games in a row. Then you're in Baton Rouge once again in Alex Box, but on Wednesday you take on Lamar and then Even though you're still in Baton Rouge, you play Samford on Friday. So there's not many breaks in terms of games here. Not much practice that this team has. So this should be a good challenge for this team to really see where they're at, to see are they going to look like that team was playing against Iowa, maybe even Texas, or are they going to look like that team who played against Sam Houston? To wrap up the podcast today, let's talk about the NFL Combine. It's currently going on right now. And one of the most surprising news stories that happened this week in LSU football was that seven banks declared for the draft. He did not play most of the season due to an injury that happened earlier in the year. And then he was supposed to come back. Everyone expected him to come back. And then he decided to enter his name into the NFL draft. Jaden, what are your thoughts on that? How shocked were you, could you say?
2: Um... I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say shocked because, I mean, nobody wants to just give up on their dream, right? But, I mean, hopefully that works out for him. I mean, hopefully he has a good day at the combine and, you know, raises some eyebrows and something like that. But, uh, yeah, I was I was definitely a little surprised because, I mean, that wasn't a name I was expecting to hear as far as declaring for the draft goes.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was for me it was pretty shocking. Um, he wasn't really – stellar I guess you'd say I mean he had 23 total tackles in 2020 eight in 2021 and five in 2022 before he got injured it's just to me I feel like another year would have really benefited Mm him um he could have probably drove his draft stock way higher yeah I just I don't see him getting drafted to be honest I think he'll probably go in UDFA and uh but I hope it works out for him though I really do
1: Right, I agree. Obviously, you wish someone the best, but it's true. You remember in the beginning of the season, he didn't play because he was still struggling from an injury in the off season, and then he bruised his spinal cord on October Mm, first with that tackle he made against Auburn, and that was some people thought was is this going to be game like career ending, right? Yeah. Yes, so it was it was definitely scary, and he did not play for the rest of the season. Of course, so I agree with you there, Nathan. You're a little shocked because you're saying okay, like you really had an opportunity here to play at LSU. There's NIL deals now. You have the opportunity to get, and then of course raising your draft stock, possibly be able to sign a better contract with more money. Might have been more beneficial to him, but that's the decision that Banks made, and of course, you wish him the best, as he was a former LSU Tiger now. NFL draft prospect Jalen Carter is now at the NFL Combine, which is currently going on until Sunday, March 5th, but he was just arrested recently, Mm -hmm. uh, stemming from a link to a fatal crash of one of his former teammates. At Georgia, and he was accused of racing before the crash that had killed his teammate. What does this mean for him come draft day, Jaden?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, because he's a really highly touted prospect, so I mean, maybe he falls mid first round, worst case scenario. But uh, I mean, this could be really detrimental to him. You know, I'm sure his heart dropped when he realized he was in trouble for this. So. I mean, this can mean a lot, but at the same time, I could easily see it not meaning much, and I could still see him getting selected within the top three, top five range.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, that's pretty bad. It's not a good look, like, at all. If I'm one of those teams that has a first-round pick, um, I'm not trying to spend it on a guy who might be in jail a couple Mm -hmm. months later, you know. Um, I saw a couple mixed reports about it. I saw one saying that he fled the scene – after watching the two that were killed crash, I don't know how true that is. There were all, all kind of other reports going on, but um, if all the stuff that's going on is true, it's definitely a bad look for him, and I think he'll kind of plummet in the draft.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's just you—you're at a crossroad right now. Like, what do you do? I mean, this yeah. is somebody who did something he probably shouldn't have done. Of course, he didn't mean it, uh, but it—it it was an accident. And of course, if something like f- fleeting the scene is true, that's even worse. Yeah, because. I I don't know. like It's hard, right? It's hard as a human being. There's a lot of things going through your mind, but also something that when this report first came out, people are just, you're saddened because you see that. It was, uh, again, as I had mentioned, he killed his teammate, Devin Wilcock, and a team staff member, Chandler Lee Croy. But now all of a sudden, he's supposed to go to the draft and right after that amazing season that he had and now if you're an NFL team, it's true, you're wondering, okay, where does this lead us now? And how are you gonna handle that mentally too? Even if you don't face jail time, that's still a lot on a human being, knowing that you could be possibly responsible or at least partially responsible for the death of two innocent human beings that you would say. Yeah. But as I say plenty of times, it's something that you're just gonna have to wait and see on that there is a possibility that his draft stock does drop because of this. Continuing on the topic of Georgia, they've been struggling for a little bit with uh, some players and the decision-making. Stetson Bennett also, this news was almost kind of breezed over, but he was arrested for a DUI just a few months ago. I believe it was just a month ago, actually, yeah. not too long ago. They
0: brushed under the rug real quick.
1: Very, like very just subtle. Oh, by the way, he got a DUI. Let's just move on. There's so much other sports news going on. And it wasn't even like, oh, he was got pulled over and arrested. He was actually banging on somebody's door and causing havoc in the middle of the night. And this was somebody who everyone said he's a system quarterback at Georgia. He is not going to be able to even be drafted. And Nathan is pointing to himself saying he said that. Well, let's hear what Coach Kelly had to say about him right before the SEC championship. He's a guy that has mastered the position in, in what Coach Monkin and, and certainly Coach Smart are asking him to do within that offensive structure. He just, you know, he, he moves around with confidence. Um, you know, he's only got very few rushes you know he's not a guy that's looking to run though he can run away from you in the Auburn game you can see him accelerate and separate from some defenders Um, but he wants to get the ball to his playmakers just a smart uh, careful with the football Um, yeah he, he just I think the confidence level that he brings brings up the level of confidence around him and all the playmakers that he has So pretty much what I heard from Coach Kelly in so many words is that he's a system quarterback. Like Brian Kelly said that beautifully without saying, "Oh, by the way, this kid's a system quarterback." He yes. just said, "Yep, he works in the system with the coaches. It works well for them, and it did. It did at Georgia. They won a natty. They won. He won two natties, and but now you're going to the NFL, and a lot of people are saying he's he's not gonna even be drafted, he's not gonna be good. So Nathan, since you pointed to yourself, share your thoughts on that, now especially with this DUI, remember, because now people are thinking character issues, okay? He was a system quarterback to begin with, and now can he keep it together off the field? What are your thoughts?
0: If you give, you, I could probably pick 10 to 15 other quarterbacks in college football that would win at least one, if not two, natties at Georgia in that system, too. I just think, I think he's so overrated I like I can't stand him and he's so cocky too. His <laughs> attitude drives me nuts, man. Yeah.
1: You didn't like the mic drop at the SEC championship? No, he's year. so
2: corny. No. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> exactly,
1: he's so corny. I didn't have
2: a problem with him before that.
1: <laughs> I did. I've ne-
0: I haven't liked the dude the entire time he's been in Georgia. I think he's cocky. He doesn't have the scale to back up that cockiness.
1: I like his story. Nah, no. Sure. Has a story. I yeah. mean, I th- sure. The story's cool. He went to JUCO. He comes to Georgia. Waited his turn.
0: In my opinion, he ruined the story with his attitude. I can't stand the guy. He's just, he's hes like tricked himself into thinking he's this like top tier <laughs> quarterback, that he's just not.
1: Well, and then you think about that topic, and that's why maybe the DUI didn't surprise so many people, because you said this is exactly what happens. There's people who have really good stories, and then all of a sudden it gets to their head, and they, they go out and they do dumb things, you could say. I mean, yeah. Antonio Brown, I think, is one of the best examples of that. If you look at his, he has... Has a success <coughs> story, yeah, yeah, and it was it was all ruined. But Jaden, what are your thoughts on Stetson Bennett and his draft stock?
2: Um, I don't think it'll affect his draft stock too much. You know, simply because of the fact that I wouldn't have even known he had a DUI if you didn't just tell me mm-hmm. that. Like, I had no clue this even happened. Um, so I don't think it'll affect his draft stock that much. But whatever draft stock he did have. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really look at him as a good quarterback. Like Nathan said, there's so many college quarterbacks that if you put on that Georgia team, they win a national championship too. Because pretty much all you have to do is just don't turn the ball over. That's it. Everybody else is just going to get you the W.
0: Like, like – so, oh, I'm
2: sorry. I didn't really – I don't I don't really think too much of Stetson Bennett. Um, yeah.
0: Why do you think he never won a Heisman all those years he's there? Dude won two national championships and is still so low on draft boards. Like, when's yeah. the last time you've seen that happen?
1: That's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And it's not his fault. It's just – no, it's You just not. have to know who
0: you are, man. Yeah, I mean, you're, good for him for him. being put in that system. So but. is he a free agent come the
1: end of the draft?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I feel like somebody's going to be like, well, he won two national championships, so might as well give him a shot and just take him. Yeah,
2: I think him getting two national championships, somebody will pick him up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think if this was last season— he would have been drafted. And there wouldn't have been a question about it just because the lack of quarterbacks in some team, like maybe like the Texans would have said, hey, we'll take them late and we'll just see what we can do for a year, right? Maybe over Davis Mills, just thinking let's figure something out. But this year with all, (laughs) he's like, Jaden's like the Texans, we're not gonna even start on that. But, this year, with C.J. Stroud coming out, with Bryce Young coming out, all that attention is on them, and reasonably so. They're some of the best quarterbacks mm-hmm. in college football, and they should be some of the best in the NFL, possibly. Right. Uh, you know that trend with Alabama quarterbacks. There's a lot of talk, <laughs> but we'll get to that on another podcast. But And Stetson Bennett is really swiped right under the rug, and... If someone who didn't watch football said, oh yeah, this guy, he's not gonna even get drafted, and you saw him holding a national championship trophy, they'd be like, no way, that's impossible, right? (laughs) But that's just the way it is, and sometimes mistakes like these cost you, and that's why maybe you do see him be undrafted free agent, or maybe he doesn't get picked up at all, you don't know, because there's teams saying, okay, well, he's already a system quarterback, and now he has this problem, too. Is this someone that I really wanna take a chance on? Is this someone that I even wanna bother with? And so many times you see that. You see a really great college success story and then they try to make it to the NFL and they're just not as good. I mean, even Tim Tebow is like, Yes, he yeah. played in the NFL, but he was never as good as he was in college. He was one of the best college quarterbacks ever. It's exactly. crazy not to see him succeed. Yeah. Exactly. And you can't even compare him to Keith te- to. No, yeah, no not even, please. No. Not even the same conversation. <laughs> Maybe Bennett will go on and play baseball for the New York Mets. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll wait and see on that. Anyway, that is all we have for you today. I am Patricia Caputo. Joining me was Jaden Smith and Nathan Messina. And this has been The Hodges Huddle.